program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail. Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well. But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm. Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms. We're America, your family, the land of liberty. We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his prestigious co-host. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray and this week's co-host. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. I know you're out there. I can hear you breathing. (laughs) Once again, we want to thank Mac Davis for allowing us to use this song for the opening and closing of our show. By the way, the name of the song is the America Wants You Anthem. Thanks, Mac. Today is July 16th, 2013. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Linda Crater, President and CEO for VeteranCaregiver.com. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Gary Ray. How are you this morning? Good, good. And how was your weekend? Anything I had a fantastic exciting? weekend. Well, um, yes, I went to the Paul McCartney concert on Friday, although I must say that there was also some interesting calls being made prior to that show. Um, Peggy will attest, our guest today, that um, calls come in at the most inopportune times, but we do not shirk what we need to do at any time. So it was an interesting weekend. Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, the mission of our services that we're highlighting today serves all branches of our nation's wounded heroes and their families with personal and financial needs. Services are provided from an onset of injuries or illness throughout the recovery period and along their journey from military life to the civilian world. Financial aid varies as each case is based on individual needs ranging from rent, utilities, vehicle payments, groceries, clothing, and even travel expenses. Recognized by President George W. Bush for their work with the wounded heroes and their families, a recipient of the 2007 and 2008 Newman Zone Award, and the honor of being on the South Carolina Secretary of State's Angel List and a proud sponsor 
of and a member of the Virginia Wounded Warriors Program. Linda, you have the honor, not only the honor of introducing our guest, but she's also a friend of yours. You know, Peggy Baker is one of those amazing people who runs an organization that is one of our quiet heroes in our nation. I first met Peggy years ago when we were together on a case to bring a family together at Walter Reed after immediately after injury, which speaks to the acute needs that Operation First Response uh, addresses. And over the years, I have just seen countless, what I will call miracles, about an organization that she runs that works with both urgency and compassion and never, never looks for the spotlight. So I am delighted to be able to introduce Peggy to our audience today because I don't believe that Peggy will shout from the treetops what she does, but I think that we need to recognize and affirm all of the fantastic work her organization accomplishes. Welcome, Peggy. Welcome, Peggy. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the chance to be here with you guys and uh, share some of our stories and and, uh, just amazing journey that we've been on for the last nine years. Wow. You know, I see right here, right in front of me, it shows that uh, you've already served 9,500 families. Yes, that was those numbers are as of December of 2012. We we count those numbers up once a year at the end of every year uh, and put out the new totals. And, and that's the families that we've been able to serve um, with financial aid. However, we've served probably thousands more with um, <laughs> emotional needs and just be, being there when they need someone. That, that sometimes that's one of the most important things that I think that we do is is to be a shoulder to lean on so that they can vent, uh, whether it's a joyous thing that's happening to them or, you know, it's concerns and, and the struggles. So when you were speaking about you never know when those calls are coming in at the beginning of the show, that was the way our weekend was spent was with a with a veteran that was, you know, very much on the verge of, you know, um, emotional crisis. And um, so myself and another member of our team was uh, with this young man for from Friday until Sunday on the telephone because, you know, he was far away from us, but just trying to be there and uh, help him through a really difficult time, you know. So we got to Monday and everybody's, you know, doing fine and we're trying to get him into a program. But, you know, just, just that sense of knowing that someone cares can often be a lifeline to these young men and women. Uh, Peggy, you couldn't speak truer words. That's exactly what happened on Friday night. And I think what we point out is that sometimes the official resources are available during the work week, but a lot of crises happen at different times that really require someone to pick up the phone and answer and respond. And if you can do that, oftentimes you really have averted a crisis simply by being responsive and compassionate. So thank you for what you did. Um, and I think between us then, we, we covered quite a bit this weekend before the weekend started, didn't we? I think so. I think we're pretty busy. You know, that's the, the truth of it is, is that, you know, it's the night times that are often um, right. most difficult times. You know, a lot of these folks have a real difficult time sleeping anyway. That's when all the nightmares and visions come to them that, you know, really are... Um, disrupting their entire lives, and so it becomes very vivid in the middle of the night. So my cell phone is by my bedside, and um, it is not unusual. It's actually quite common to receive middle-of-the-night calls, but I don't know how 
you don't answer those calls. We have to answer those calls. We have to be there during that time. So, Peggy, I, I agree with you. I would love to take our audience back to a, a story that you and I experienced, and, and you were very instrumental in running the entire operation, because I would like them to know the breadth of your services, where they run from an acute stage all the way on to reintegrated into the community and with PTSD assistance, etc. Let me take you back a couple of years to when you received a phone call from a family where their son had just been injured and was being transported from Landstuhl and was coming to the old Walter Reed, uh, the Army Medical Center at that time. Can you take us through what you did for that family? Because I think it tells more about the breadth of what you offer um, than almost any other story that I'm familiar with right now. Well, you know, you receive that call from a parent um, who's, I just can't even imagine you. I'm I'm, I'm a military mom, so I think that that call is is all of our nightmares, and we never want to receive it. Um, But when you find out that your child is injured and... um, headed back to the States, you just want to be there. And a lot of the folks that that serve this country are from, you know, states where, you know, they're very far away from Washington, D.C., and they're very rural. And uh, so this mother needed to be able to get to her son, and that's a priority. Um, we, I, I would want to be there. I know that my son would be better if I was there, if, if that was the case, and we were experiencing that. So there's – we – just move forward, make sure that they get there. We were able to get her there, and um, and she was there when, when he woke up after he arrived to Walter Reed. So, yeah, I think that's a significant part of their of, of the beginning of this trauma is making sure that there are loved ones there to to just be there, hold their hands, get through these struggles with them. So this young man had lost his leg, and, um, you know, when he, when he woke up, uh, he was surrounded by family, and uh, he realized that he, you know, what he was about to begin, you know, the new chapter in his life, this becomes their new normal. And uh, so when he looked down and realized that his, his leg was missing, he realized that, you know, he had a lot of work to do and he was ready to do that because these kids are amazing. They have strength and courage that is beyond explanation. I, I mean, I am truly moved by every single one of these these young men and women that I meet and and. You know, they are the best of us. There is no doubt about it. So, and, and I believe that, that you know, having your family members there, whether it's mom, dad, brother, sister, cousins, there's grandparents that, that are there. You know, there's all kinds of different dimensions and different people within the family structure that is important to these, people, these young men and women. But making sure they're there for them and with them is, is a huge part of their recovery and how smoothly it goes. Well, and that's exactly what happened with this young man. Because he was supported emotionally, because they were all there, it was a better health outcome for him, ultimately, as we found out over the weeks, because he was never left to ponder things alone. He always right. knew he had advocacy, he had uh, accommodations for his family. He had to only worry about getting better, and his family, they were most grateful to you because they were able to focus on being the caregiver and the person helping and assisting in his care. So thank you for that one. That one always gives me goosebumps, no matter <laughs> how many times I, I hear it repeated. You know, you're both phenomenal young ladies. 
Uh, well, it's really Thanks, them, Gary. you know, and and they just bring out the best in everyone. You know, it, it's difficult to. I have a new perspective on what a bad day is and what a problem really is. You know, <laughs> it, that's for certain. Um, it's it's really changed my life, and and that's a good thing. You know, we need to realize when you know when life is really good. You know. And, and not be complaining about the little things because there are families that are struggling through incredible, you know, odds against them and they are succeeding and making it, you know. I would add one piece to that and I think it, it, it definitely does bring a new perspective, but I think it also makes us very grateful for where we are and a heart of gratitude Absolutely. Um, has a way of conveying itself to other people. And one of the things that really helps and uh, we can talk about this further with regard to the PTSD, is when you are working with people who do have gentle, compassionate, grateful hearts, I think it provides hope to those that we're talking to. Because as you mentioned, it's really being present for them is often the most affirming and recognizable thing that tends to ease the anxiety just a little bit. Absolutely. Well, Peggy, what was your passion? Why did you start Operation First Response? Well, 9-11, which I think changed everyone's life, um, certainly changed our lives. Um, my son was 25 at the time, and he was an electrician. He worked in uh, D.C., and he, he actually worked in the section, um, the, the new section that was, that was being uh, remodeled and was actually hit. Uh, on 9/11, so but he was not in the building. Thank God, it took us many hours. It wasn't until two o'clock in the afternoon um, that we realized that he was not on that job site that day. Um, so that was a very long day for us. But he was moved by this. Um, he decided that he was going to um, join the, the army and and go and defend the freedom of his country. And you know, I was one of those people that. I, of course, always had respect for the military. However, I didn't realize the scope and the depth of their services until that very moment when, you know, here, here's my son. Can, he's going to walk away from everything and and go and defend our country. So that really opened my eyes. And um, I just wanted to be very, very involved with what was going on with him. I'm... I'm Someone might call it nosy, but I call it involved. <laughs> <laughs> Engaged. And, um, and so I became part of several different support groups for moms out there. And one of the ladies on the support group I was involved with, her son was injured and lost his leg, and, and they were headed to Walter Reed. So I'm about two and a half hours from Walter Reed, and I decided that I'd really like to go and see her and um, meet her in person and meet her son and, and see if there's anything we could do to help. And that was in 2004, and that was the beginning of the rest of my life. I walked in there, and I was just moved beyond words. There's really, unless you're able to go and, and visit one of the hospitals where so many of our young men and women are recovering, um, I don't know if you can even comprehend um, what's going on, but I went in there and met lots of families, and we all connected. You know, we were, we were family because I was part of the military family. And um, I started talking with them and started realizing there were things we could do. And that particular day, we took a couple moms over to Fort Meade to go to uh, the PX and, and helped with a few other families, different things that they needed because they weren't able to get off of the, um, the base to be able to, to get those items. So 
And, and I walked away realizing, oh, my gosh, you know, look at the things that we can be doing to, to lighten their load and, and take some of the burden and stress off of them. So from that point on, I began for the next three or four years, I was going into Walter Reed at least twice a week and bringing items that uh, the family members like shampoo and uh, d- different things that, you know, you just wouldn't think about. But those things cost a lot of money to the families that they're staying, you know, when they're staying there. And we brought in food items that could be used in their microwaves and, and you know, just odds and ends. And, and I just was taking down notes and writing down what people needed and then bringing it back and um, just had a very, very heavy presence within right. the hospital. And it was a time of, of my life that I'll never forget. It was oh, even hard to describe, but knowing that, you know, like they they were excited that we were coming and we were going to be spending time with them and we would just sit and talk and sometimes we were rejoicing over wonderful you know, accomplishments that had been made throughout the week, and sometimes we were crying because things weren't going so well. You know, so it, it was just an amazing, amazing time. And, and I still, to this day, have uh, a connection with almost all of those families. You know, that that's the thing about us. We don't just take them on and meet the need and walk away. We just we stay there as a presence so that, you know, if you need to talk, if things are, you know, are going good, we want to hear that. If things are going bad, we want to hear that and share in it, too. And and we're not just a one-time assist, you know. We're, we're there for the long haul until they don't need us anymore, you know. Right. We joke about our Christmas list just keeps growing and growing because they all become family to us, you know. Right. All right. We're going we're gonna to take a real short break here. I want everybody, just to remind everybody about an event that we're having on July 26th, which is actually less than two weeks away. Our good friend and supporter of the American Heroes Network, Brad Sayer, will be performing a free concert at our new office location at the 1876 Heritage Inn in Orange City, Florida on the 26th. And by the way, the 1876 Heritage Inn is under new ownership. Brad is a two-time winner of the Best Guitarist Award from the Songwriters Showcases of America. He's the lead guitarist and vocalist for Dr. Hook, Danny Joe Brown, Molly Hatchet, The Beats, MTV Messenger, Slab, The uh, Shotgun Lucy. Brad has actually toured 14 countries playing for millions of peoples worldwide. He'll be performing songs from Led Zeppelin, Eric Clapton, Jeff Black, Jimi Hendrix, Santana, The Beatles, oh, The Beatles, huh? Neil Young, Sting, The Eagles, and Joe Cocker. Everyone's invited. Stop by for dinner and a drink and enjoy an unforgettable evening. Brought to you by the American Heroes Network and the 1876 Heritage Inn. To learn more about Brad, go to Brad Zare. And I did tell you the spelling. It was wrong last week. It's B-R-A-D-S-A-Y-R-E.com. I'm Gary Ray, along with our co-host, Linda Crater, and our guest, Peggy Baker president of Operation First Response. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by the Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you ready for another meeting? Do you leave wondering if you've made any progress? Or was it just another organizational reorganization? Are you looking for a way to change that and make progress? 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel every week for educational leadership. What else is possible? With hosts Mary Maduna and Margaret Ruff. If you're ready to energize your leadership and create new possibilities, join us for a chance to look through a different lens and gain a new perspective every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with Peggy, uh, Operation First Response. Peggy, why don't you go ahead and give us our, your website address? Yes, our, our website address is operationfirstresponse.org. Okay. And how can they help out? There are so many ways that, that people can help out. Um, I'll be able to tell you in, with some of our programs that we have, um, there are ways for communities to help, and, and uh, okay. a lot of the young people help with our backpack program and the items that we collect for that, and I'll give you more detail on that sure. as well. But we keep a database for, for folks that are interested in helping as these young men and women come back into their communities um, so that we can contact them when someone does come to their community and they can reach out. Uh, there are significant ways that, that people can help out, and, of course, by donating, because, unfortunately, we can't do any of this without the funds that we receive from our donors. Our donors and our volunteers make it possible for us to be able to meet the needs of so many families. They right. can't, I can't stress enough how important they all are. We'll get into more of that. Uh, Linda, you had a good uh, question during the well, break. Well, I think that's a perfect segue. Um, when someone is injured, there are immediate needs. And we'll start at the beginning of the spectrum, as we, we have already described one story. But, Peggy, you take care of things, such as uh, the, the helping them with immediate cash funds, uh, hotel accommodations, uh, taking care of maintenance and travel expenses that are not covered by the government to help them get to and from in order to help their injured warrior. Can you speak to some of the acute needs that you do handle in, in specificity so people understand the breadth of what you are offering? Well, I think that you have to understand that when, um, when one of our service members is injured, uh, in, immediately family members need to be there. A, a lot of the injuries are so significant that the, the service member needs to have a non-medical attendant with them to help care for them. Um, and so what we're able to do is, is make sure that w when that family member or that spouse goes to the hospital, obviously there is loss of wages at home. So because many of the spouses are, are working spouses, parents, of course, are, you know, it's a time in their country where most people are 
both people are working in the family. So when somebody leaves and has to leave their job, that means that things are going to start falling quickly um, at home financially. So what we want is that the family member is there taking care of the service member during such an important time and that the service member doesn't feel as if they're having that parent or, or spouse with them or that family member with them is causing grief for them at home. You know, that that's a heavy burden for mm-hmm. these guys and gals that are injured if they think that somebody's there trying to help them and they're going through such a difficult time. However, they're losing their homes. I know personally moms and dads who worked their entire lives and because their child was injured in combat, they lost their homes and their vehicles. And, you know, right. This can't happen because they're trying to take care of their child at a time like this. And, I mean, we have to step up to the plate and make sure that these families are able to be together and not lose everything that they had. So we're there during that time where the military does help three family members get into uh, the initial at the initial stage of, of injury. However, a lot of times these family members need to return back home so that there's more than one, you know, more than three flights that are involved there. So we help with flights. And also there, there are times during a long recovery period, I know families that have been there two, three years. That's mm-hmm. a very long time. So sometimes we'll send a cousin or a grandparent or, or a best friend or, you know, somebody within the unit that needs to be able to get there and just to see this person and know that they're okay. So we help with, um, flights during that time, and um, then we pay for, we help to pay for um, utilities and house payments or rental payments for the family at home while they're there at the hospital with their loved ones. So we just want to make sure that these families are not losing everything they've worked hard for their entire lives simply because they need to be with their loved one that's injured in the name of freedom for for our country, for each of us. You know, absolutely, and and I know you've also done things like car payments and groceries, and errands, and I mean things that just are forgotten because everyone picks up and heads to the intake hospital immediately. And, and just so people are familiar, the term non-medical attendant—if you just insert the word caregiver in there—that's what that person does. Um, so I don't want to lose anyone with our acronyms. And so flights, hotels, um, respite, guiding them to resources in the local area that are other nonprofits that are helping. Because I know that you work very seamlessly with a, a huge number of organizations so that you're compounding um, what you're able to do by working collaboratively. That's right. A lot of us, there are a lot of really wonderful organizations that have come up since um, the Iraq and Afghanistan conflicts, and a lot of them are family members like myself, you know, that that have experienced something here and and realize that there's a need and that we need to come forward and, and try to help with those needs. But we partner with wonderful organizations, and, and it's nice because many of us have just a little bit different need that we take care of, you know. So when we come together, we can make a much huger difference in the lives of these families. It's additive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so important because um, it's wonderful that there are many organizations, but when they can work together seamlessly to create a much bigger impact, obviously the outcome for the family members 
um, is is huge. I also want to speak to the fact that you you mentioned you grow your Christmas list, and I, I know you say that jokingly, but in my view, what that is doing is creating a bigger network nationwide where others know not only what you've done, but what they can do to help in their communities. So would you say that you take somewhat of a networking educational role in building a bigger network across the country through your efforts? I think so, yes, absolutely. absolutely. I, I do too. Wow. You know, you, uh, a couple of days ago when I talked to you, uh, uh, Peggy, um, I mentioned about that event you had uh, uh, with the bikers. And, Thunder, uh, right? yeah. yeah, and where did they, how far away did they come from? They, they come from all over Mississippi. All over Mississippi. Yeah. And uh, there were hundreds there, according to you, right? And, hundreds, and according yes. to the pictures, yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the, the, night, and the, the important thing I think of, of that is that those are, those are prior veterans. They're veterans right. themselves. So it's right. soldiers helping soldiers. I think that's really important. You yes, know, and, and speaking of that, um, I have to just say about our Vietnam veterans, which I know that you are, mm. Gary, and, and we thank you so much for your service to our country. But, you know, I find our Vietnam veterans amazing in the fact that, you know, they weren't treated with the same respect that our young men and women are coming home to today. And and yet they are the first ones right, knocking at my door and calling me, you know, saying, what can I do to help? You know, they don't hold animosity over the fact that they weren't treated like they should have been by our country. And I find that amazing because, you know, so often human nature is, oh, well, if you didn't do for me, I I don't care about you, you know. That is not what's happening here, and I'm so very, very proud of our Vietnam veterans. This generation will not be forgot. Today's military are our sons and daughters, and I think that's a big part of it. Well, but Peggy's right. The hearts are huge, and they they're determined to not ever have anything happen to the young ones that happen to them. That's right. That's right. And as a mother of of a soldier, I will. You know, I did not give my child to this country for to fight for our freedoms to be tossed aside. So I think that a lot of us feel that way, and and we will never let this happen. That happen again. Right. Mm-mm. Not an option. Okay. Guess what? It's time for another break. <laughs> be, sure, be, be sure to check out our mobile sponsor, First Class Merchant Services. The owner, Josh, did it again. He saved one of our listeners more than $250 per month. That's $3,000 a year on their merchant services. What do you have to lose? Give Josh a call today. Another one of our mobile sponsors, Brave Marketing Concepts, came on board. They will be helping keep the American Heroes Network and our partners alive and well. On the smartphone, go to hero.ub1, that's the number one, .co, and click on the sponsor logo for more information. I'm Gary Ray, along with our co-host, Linda Crater, and our guest, Peggy, from President of the Operation First Response. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. 
Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on voiceamerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Uh, I guess when we were on break, Linda, you came up with a pretty good um, uh, scenario of a question here, the PTSD Well, PTSD seems to have been here as long as there have been wars. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the the Vietnam vets, and I find that we all seem to work, those of us who work in this arena, with not only our newest veterans, but our veterans from prior conflicts. And in many ways, uh, Fourth of July certainly brings things to light. I, I don't know about you, Peggy, but I found it to be a very challenging set of days, weeks with between thunderstorms and explosions. Right. But can you please talk to, um, I know that you handle the acute needs as we've already described and the practical logistical things when someone is injured, but you also acknowledge and work with the chronic needs and the lingering effects of what used to be called combat trauma or battleshock in prior conflicts, but what is now called PTSD, um, post-traumatic stress disorder. And please talk to some of the programs that you all, and services, that you all provide for these folks and and how, again, that you work with others uh, to make lives better. Well, you know, that's that's exactly how we ended up making a transition. This has been a journey for us, and, and we don't know what tomorrow will bring because each day there are new problems and new scenarios that come through because everything is, everybody's situation is so different. But what we found as we were going along this journey and I, the young men and women that we were, you know, very close to at the hospital, um, and they were now returning home, what we were finding was that you know, for for a lot of families, that's the beginning. The, even though you feel as if the the time of injury is is the most significant time, really, as they begin to go back into our communities and they begin to go into the VA process, um, it becomes a, you know a whole new struggle for them. But and and also, so many times PTSD is that invisible injury. You know, you can't see mm-hmm. it, can't touch it. So you don't really understand, and so it's often just lost as well as traumatic brain injury, which we have a lot of folks um, that have serious issues with that. But what's what's happening for a lot of these guys that, you know, 
is that they were there um, and, and maybe saw someone that, that one of their comrades killed, or you know, you know, they they see a lot that you know causes a lot of issues inside. So it may be two or three years down the road, and they're out of the military, and everything was going fine, or at least they thought everything was going fine, and triggers, you know, it may be a smell, it may be a sound, like you were talking about with 4th of July, uh, the sound of fireworks. I have a lot of guys that can't be near anything like that, you know, um, because right. it triggers a reaction to them and sends them back um, into, you know, where am I, am I back? I actually had a young man that was driving down the road and he heard, a, it was a construction site, and he heard the jackhammer it immediately put him back to Iraq, and he was driving off the road and into the to the to the sides of the road, trying to get away from what he thought he was back in Iraq. So it just sends them back into another place. So this isn't uncommon to have happen. What happens to those families is that you know here I we have a man that's trying to support a family. He's, he can't just leave work and go and take care of himself and fix these problems without causing financial devastation to his family. So we do have the last mission program and what that does is try we try to encompass you know try what we do is work with them, try to get them into a program that's going to be what they need and and help them to get past all this or you know we may never be able to take away those feelings and the different triggers that will happen for them, but we can give them coping mechanisms and ways to get through those without it becoming a tragedy for the family. So we work with the families to try to get them, the, the veteran into a good program. Many times this is an in-house program where they just need to be someplace for six weeks, eight weeks. So during that time, we want to be able to take care of the family's needs so financially, you know, they, of course, have income coming in, but it's not going to be enough. So we try to cover whatever we can to help them during that time financially so that the veteran can have peace of mind that his, family's, his or her family is okay and that they can get the help that they need. It's so important that they do not put that aside because they feel like they're going to be letting their families down. So we take care of, and we work with VAs and social workers and Chains of command across the nation. They identify what's going on and bring it to us. So our cases are already vetted before we even receive them. You know. Well, and you're also supplying unbelievable support then to the uh, parent or the caregiver or the spouse or whomever it may be, because if you can get people into good programs, which is very difficult given the demand and need for good programs, you are also then providing the person at home, uh, the family, some peace of mind because right. they know then that they have a much better chance at moving forward with a good relationship as opposed to a fractured relationship, a calmer lifestyle as opposed to one where you're walking on eggshells. Um, PTSD can't be, quote, cured, but it can be managed. That's right. And with the proper programs, it, it really is possible to raise the quality of life for not just the veteran, but by association, the family as well. So thank you so much for knowing that the job is not done once they go back home. I think that is a common misconception. I think so, And too. the more people know about PTSD and the ability to get into programs and find programs that can guide them um, into good programs, it really does help the community at large. Absolutely. So thank you. 
Absolutely. And the community should want that. You know, we, we want these young men and women coming back into our community, you know, proud, good, you know, standing uh, people within our community. We need to be there to make sure that this happens. And so often the community involvement is really, really important to these families. But, you know, and also, Linda, you know yourself, a lot of these caregivers are very young women, you know, mm-hmm. and they have children, little children at home, and, and that alone is, is a big job. But when you're also dealing with this, PTSD for one of our veterans, it, it is so difficult for these young men, these young women to get through that without support. So the support for the caregivers to me is just as vital as it is for the veteran. I agree with you. Whether that caregiver is a parent, a friend, uh, or a spouse, having the knowledge that, that care is underway is, is huge. So, so it's, it's, again, being present. It is being knowledgeable about what's going on. And I think that we on these programs have made a good effort to spread the awareness of PTSD and that there is hope um, because there is, there Absolutely. definitely is. That's right. And the, the most common denominator here is compassion and diligence and persistence. That's right. So those, those qualities do tend to get things done. So Absolutely. thank you, Peggy. You know, one, right. I think what really moved me most of all one day was when a young man said to me, um, I would have been better off if I died in the battlefield. My family would have been taken care of. And, you know, I thought, oh, my gosh, if even one of our veterans feels that way, we as a nation have failed. And that is not acceptable. Oh, Peggy, I'm afraid I hear that all the time, which is why I think taking and alleviating the stress of, of getting people into program and working with the existing resources and finding new ones is critically important, as is keeping families together and intact. That's and that's right. what... I think is the ultimate mission is returning people to as normal a state as possible um, as before they left. It's not going to be perfect and it won't be exactly the same, but if it That's can right. be close, we will have done a good job. That's right. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I always sit with my back to the wall. I'm getting more and more, reading more and more of that book. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, it's a very good book. It's, it's educating me and it will good. educate the person that has the PTSD also. True. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you get a chance, again, it, it's managing traumatic stress uh, and combat PTSD. It's called I Always Sit With My Back Again, uh, Back to the Wall. Uh, and, uh, you know, by Reverend Dr. Chris Parker, JD, and Harry Croft, MD. Uh, it's a fantastic book. Uh, so, check it out. You've got nothing to lose. It helps. I'm excited. I'm going to get that book. I hadn't heard of it until you told me about it, Gary, but I'm very excited to read it. Mm-hmm. it it's invaluable. Um, yes. Th- there's these, these are people who are taking steps just as um, you are, Peggy, to make sure that the resources are there and that people at least understand uh, that it's not just them. I would venture to say, too, that with the number of secondary PTSD um, diagnoses that are beginning to come about, from taking care of those with PTSD, uh, it's growing. So all of these resources are terrific, and self-education is invaluable because it allows you to view things through a different lens. So it's perfect. Correct. Well, we're going to take that short break. Uh, I'm Gary Ray along with our co-host, Linda, and our guest, Peggy. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. How do you know if you're living with an addict? If you think you know all the recognizable signs, you probably don't. If you're listening to and reading from the so-called experts, you probably don't. You need to hear from a parent, just like yourself, who has been there and can tell you what it's like firsthand. Please listen to Afflicted by Addiction with Bradley DeHaven. Our program is heard every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It just might save your life or the life of someone you love. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Well, welcome back. We're here with Peggy, President for the uh, Operation First Response. Peggy, when we were, uh, when we were at break, we were talking a little bit about the number of veterans that are waiting for benefits. Maybe you can uh, give us a little bit more information on that. Yes, it, you know, for us, it's 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 a very big concern because I believe that a lot of the um, the financial aspect of these families, you know, just becoming homeless and or you know, or a veteran not being a veteran is a was a proud warrior, you know, and to not be able to care for their, the basic needs of their families is a really difficult thing for them, and it concerns me in working with so many of these families, and we've lost a lot of veterans that we work very close to um, as well because they get to the depth of, of just uh, they, they can't see past the fact that they are no longer able to do what they were able to do before and now they can't even take care of the basic needs of their families and and the, the numbers of families that are waiting as of April 1st there were 885,000 families wow. waiting for VA their VA benefits to kick in and 613,000 of those families had been waiting over 125 days. I mean, that's huge. That's significant. And I believe that if we're, if we're paying attention and we're, and we're seeing the fact that the, the suicide rates are, are increasing and we are losing more and more veterans by the day, that we really need to take a look at what's causing this. And, and financial devastation and the inability to take care of basic needs is high in in the different reasons for this the suicide rate climbing the way it is it it's so difficult for them to to not be able to move forward and 
if they can't take care of their fam- take care of their families, then we're talking about you know the divorce rate is is so high because that becomes you know an issue in the marriages. I mean, the trickle down of all of this is so significant, and it really needs to be looked at. You know. Mm-hmm. I- Agreed, and and I think it is. Do you work also with the children of these family members? We work with whomever needs us. You know, if they come to us and, and they let us know, then we do. And there are a lot of programs that work specific and with the children, and so we try to pass that information on. But mm-hmm. we we don't turn away anything. You know, if a case comes to us that. You know, at the time, we don't have the funds to be able to help the way they need, then we're going to partner with other organizations. Or if it's something that, you know, we're not as uh, specialized in, then I'm going to go and find somebody that is, you know. (laughs) Saying, sorry about your luck, you called at the wrong time, is not what they're going to hear, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we just dig in and, um, and, and find whatever these families need, you know. And I, and I, it's also important to realize a lot of people think that you know uh, Iraq war is over and uh, Afghanistan is scaling down, and so you know there's really not that much need anymore. But from April 25th to June 19th, we had 39 Americans that lost their lives right. in Afghanistan, and we had 311 that were wounded in action, severely wounded in action, and that's just a two-month span. You know, so it's not. You know, this is still happening, so we still have newly injured coming home, but we have a whole lot that are going into that system, uh, the VA system, that, you know, it's going to bog down that VA system even more than it already is, you know. And and I'm not sure if it's, I'm not saying that it's anybody not doing their job or anything. It, it can be just that there are so many coming in, it's almost impossible to keep up with it, you know. But if, if, if we are helping them on this side and saying, okay, we're going to help these these veterans and their families get through this time um, without any benefits and, and keep them in their homes and food on the table and the power on, you know, then then it's not such a struggle for the families during this waiting time. Mm-hmm. Peggy, would you please give your uh, web address again? Because it's, it's very important that people are aware of how to help and, and how to reach you. You can our, our website is www.operationfirstresponse.org. You can go there. There's a lot of great information there. Our contact information is there. There's a number for you to call. A lot of places don't want to give numbers up. There's a number there for you to call us. You know, um, there's an email to contact us. It it um, showcases our different programs and different ways that folks can help. And if you have a question or an idea that you think that you might be able to do to help, please contact us because we need to come together as a nation. This isn't one person's problem or one organization. This is our nation. These are our children, and they need mm-hmm. us. Wow. Well said. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I deal with an organization. For, <laughs> I don't have the information in front of me, but after the show sometime, uh, Peggy, I'll get together with you. Uh, I learned you don't attempt anything um, uh, without having an advocate as far as getting any type of uh, questions <laughs> or, av- you know, you need it. Amen. And, and right. this, this, this long name of this uh, uh, firm that I deal with, this company I deal with, are all advocates, uh, but they, they broke down its initials. And I just don't, I don't want to mention them on the air because uh, I might not have them right. I don't have them in front of me to begin with, but they have helped everyone I've sent there. They're only at about, I think, I think they're only in about 43 or 42 states, but they, they'll find out, they'll get, your, they'll get your benefits real quick. 
That's okay. awesome. I'd like that uh, information. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I mean, they turn, I mean, just to give you an example, well, <laughs> I don't know if I should, but, <laughs> uh, you know, someone was looking for the records. They were told that their they're, they're DD-214 burnt up in a St. Louis fire. What they didn't tell them, that 95% of those are already taken care of and and. and and they're restored. back on the shelves, restored. Mm-hmm. Yes, I couldn't think of that word, <laughs> but yes, uh, um, it's it's an organization that has helped everyone that I've sent to them. But I'll get that information to you. Um, you know, I think it's vital to have. I think so. I, too, I think yes. you bring up an excellent point. It is also always easier to have someone else advocate for you than to do it yourself. So organizations like Peggy's who can interface with some of these other groups or the advocates that you just mentioned, it is much simpler to to go to battle, if you will, or, or to just help and support others as opposed to doing it yourself. And these families already have an awful lot on their shoulders. So it's organizations such as Operation First Response, which, by the way, Peggy, you are national, correct? We are national. We serve nationwide, all branches. Perfect. Um, Really does make a difference because we can't do it alone, but we can do it better together. So I think that's phenomenal. That's correct. Now, I I know we have, well, we have a couple minutes left. Why don't you get in more detail as far as uh, the the program, as far as um, uh, you were mentioning knapsacks with uh, items in it that you can give instead of donating money. And you can donate items, right? Right. We have that program. Uh, it's a backpack program. Actually, it's, it's a, a black backpack with um, a set of clothing, a bag of hygiene items, a, a, tel- a, a phone card, calling card, um, and a blanket uh, that ladies from across the nation make for us. And I'll tell you, these are beautiful quilts. Um, they're patriotic and, and they, we slip one of those and all of those items into a backpack, and those are sent to combat support hospitals um, that are in theater and given to our wounded as, as they're coming in off the battlefields. So what's nice about that is that, the, you know, a lot of the children's groups and, and uh, church groups and, you know, all kinds of different groups of people are able to collect those items and send them to us. And uh, and then we send them off to the combat support hospitals. And these are really important. I I can't tell you how many times we've gotten notes from uh, family members or from uh, the service member that received them, just saying how much it meant to them to know that so many people care. Um, um, so many times I hear somebody, these young men and women, saying, "I didn't know anybody cared." Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! You know, I'm like, oh, that's it just hurts me so much when I hear that because there are so many people that care. I mean, we're, we're not alone. There are people across the nation that are trying to do things to benefit these young men and women. So there are a lot of people that care. So those, you know, everything in the backpack program is, is donated to us and, and, uh, it's just a great way for groups and uh, to be able to come together and do that without giving funds. A lot of people want hands on, you know, Mm -hmm. And right. speaking of funds, just I think it's important that when people are giving to organizations that they do check to see, you know, how well of a steward the organization is of the funds that they receive. And um, and, I'm, and I'm very proud to be able to say that last year uh, Operation First Response spent 2.1% on admin and 1.2% on fundraising. So over 96% of our dollars they came in, went back to the families that we serve. 
That's, that's the reason phenomenal. why we collect funds is to serve that's, these families. That's, that's phenomenal. Amazing. Yes, yes. Uh, again, we only have about a minute left, and uh, we would like to thank Peggy Baker for being with us from Operation First Response. Peggy, what would you like to share with our listeners in closing? Well, I'd like to thank you guys for having me on because I really appreciate that. And I want us to all remember that we are the recipients of the sacrifices that these young men and women make for us. And, you know, we need to honor them by striving every day to provide the support they need to return to our communities or, or active duty. A lot of them go back into active duty, but we, we need to be there for them. So please, you know, if, if, the, if, you, if you live across the street from a veteran and, you know, you may be able to cut grass or help with watch the children or you've got a deployed soldier's family that's there and, and you can, you know, give support to that family member, that spouse that's taking, holding down the fort so that our young men and women can be out there, you know, doing what they have to do and, and keeping their eye on the mission, reach out to our veterans. They are most doubt, undoubtedly the best of America. They are our finest, you know, right. and, and we need to be there. So... I thank you for this opportunity to be able to share, you know, a little bit about Operation First Response. And well, thank you, Pat, uh, Peggy. It was great having you on the show, Linda. Anything in closing? No, I just uh, again commend Peggy for the work that she does. The way they took it, every, they take every scenario that is different from the one before and the one that's to come, and they manage it. Period. Right. Nothing gets in the way. No hurdles are too high. So thank you, Peggy, for your sacrifice and contribution to these invaluable citizens. It's such right. an honor. Keep us safe. It's such an honor. All right. Well, I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda Carter. <laughs> I did it again, Linda. <laughs> I am not even going to respond. <laughs> uh, you're, not the super, you're a superhero to us anyway. No, uh, that's Linda, <laughs> Linda Schrader signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and have a terrific week. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.